Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions, the podcast that's about being queer, tabletop role-playing games, and a bunch of other stuff, whatever we feel like talking about. So, I'm one of your hosts, Louise, and joining me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts... Hi, it's Cassie. And hello, it's Fran. Alright, so, listeners, I want you to picture a setting for me. It's fall, you've got a nice wood stove burning, you're drinking a frosty mug of apple cider. Uh, perhaps an animal, a dog or a cat, is snoozing away. Uh, so now that you're nice and, and snuggled in, uh, I can tell you what we're talking about tonight. And that's going to be how to give your games kind of a nice fall Halloween-y feeling, but maybe not... Uh, Maybe not go overly spooktacular overboard. Some people, some people uh, don't like to be terribly scared. Uh, I don't quite understand those people, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely something uh, <clears throat> to look at. It's like how to get that kind of flavor, but without you know horribly triggering someone if they don't like particularly scary things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, as a kid, I really didn't like scary stuff. Um, I really didn't. And it wasn't until I was grown up a bit more that I learned to appreciate it. And I still like spooky stuff more than I like, you know, mm-hmm. jump scary stuff. Um, I think spooky stuff is, is the best kind of scary for me. Mm-hmm. But um, So I can understand why someone wouldn't like scary stuff my 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 father used to think it was hilarious because i would run out of the room when he was watching yeah something. yeah creep show was on tv and i was like you know i think i was like 12 or something and i'm like i'm gonna get through this i'm gonna get through this i'm gonna get through this and i got through two-thirds of father's day and the moment that the hand you know came out of the grave i was like oh i'm gone zoom yeah and he thought that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Whereas now I can dig like, more of it. Um, like I said, I'm still not about the the um, heavy scary stuff or the gross scary stuff. Mm. But um, yeah. I really like spooky stuff. Like, yeah, like, like um, I think it's the difference of, like, say something like uh, your Sleepy Hollow, the... Um, the Tim Bur- Tim Burton directed that, or yeah, no. I haven't seen it mm-hmm. to be perfectly frank. Or uh, it's not bad. You can get over Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. It's not bad. <laughs> um, but like, or or even like, um, well, like like a House on the Hill, like things that aren't like too gory versus mm-hmm. something like say House of a Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses mm-hmm. is pretty gory, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's definitely... I think yeah, that was the point. Yeah, like, good ghost stories can be really fun and really scary. Um, whereas, I've never I've never been a huge fan of zombies. Uh, I know that makes me mm-hmm. really, really weird, but, I mean, there's a reason why I never wa- got into The Walking Dead. I just had no interest in zombies. Whereas mm-hmm. a good ghost story, you know, that's, there you go. Well, like, so kind of what brought this on is two things. Mm. Um, one, we watched, uh, Jess and I watched Hocus Pocus the other night. Uh-huh. Which I think <laughs> is, like, it's not Halloween unless I've watched Hocus Pocus. <laughs> now, oh, for those you, of you that don't you know. sweet summer child. <laughs> yeah, you are of a certain age. You are of a certain age. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. About you. But like, joyfully, <laughs> I should say, joyfully. Yes, absolutely. Just, just said the same thing. She's like, "Huh? No wonder I didn't see this movie. It came out in 1993." Mm. Yeah. And she's like, "Ah, I was, I was in high school." <laughs> like, oh. It is. It's. It's. No, I, it's cute and goofy. I remember when it came out. I remember. Um, I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or not. I know I did. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, But, so we saw that, which is a great movie. And, like I said, for me, it's not Halloween without that movie. Um, Mm. And then we saw, or then we went to uh, Gettysburg. 
often oh, no. don't know Gettysburg, you know, site of the famous Battle of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a cool little town because there's it, it really is, yeah. There's of course the battlefield, which you know, if you're in the area, I really recommend going to go check out the historical park. Uh, they do they do great tours through it. There's an audio tour that's pretty good. Uh, the visitor center, the museum there is top notch. It's amazing. Like if you're at all interested in that part of history, um, it's really well done. Um, mm. But we went up for a ghost tour, which I am very jealous about. I would love have loved to gone on a ghost tour. Getting it, it, it was a lot of fun. Like we went up for a date night. We did dinner at the Dobbins Inn. Which is this old uh, restored uh, inn that dates back to like colonial era. Wow! So we had dinner there, um, and they're in their basement tavern. It's so cool. Um, and then we went to this ghost tour of the field hospitals. Nice. Hmm. And what got me kind of thinking about this, actually on the way home even, was one particular moment. We were outside. Um, of this building called uh, Grand, the, the Grand Army of the Republic Hall. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a VFW for Civil War soldiers. Uh, and now, and of course, they're descendants. But anyway, so there's kind of a spooky moment when you're, the, our guide took us back behind the building where there's a little graveyard. And he starts telling us a story. And he mentioned, so Jerry, so, You'll notice how the gravestones are all a very neat, perfect little rows. Everything looks very manicured. Well, the reason they're able to keep it so well is because there's no bodies buried underneath them. When they built the extension, they never moved the bodies. And I don't know what it was, but that that sent shivers down my spine. That was spooky, but it wasn't mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started thinking, how do we capture that? Uh, how do we capture that? Like, can, so I guess my first question: a lot of I know all three of us are playing D and D right now. Yeah. <laughs> how do we do that in a D and D game? Is it possible? Yes. Okay. It's absolutely yeah. possible. Um, mm-hmm. it, well, I mean, first of all, you need okay. I'm going to go back to the thing I always say. You need buy-in from the DM and the players. You need mm-hmm. everybody to be on the same page about this. But yes, we have had games, especially games set in the demiplane of Ravenloft, that have gotten mm-hmm. really spooky. I yeah. mean, really spooky. Like, um, where, you know, I've gone home and it's been night and I like, I'm going to run to my car spooky. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, there's my dog. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can absolutely do that in D and D because it's all about atmosphere. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. the monster. Yeah, I mean that's a that's an important thing to note from um, uh, mythos um, games. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. playing if you're playing a mythos game and the scary bit is the monster and just the monster mm-hmm. you, you might be doing it wrong that's very true um something to always i guess also to remember about D um flashing back all the way to first edition era mm-hmm. uh, original ravenloft that was meant as a as a kind of halloween uh horror adventure mm-hmm. yeah pretty oh, much very much so yeah um i mean I, i've played it i've run it uh, I ran it many, 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 like tw- what, 26, 27 <laughs> years ago. Um, yeah. And it's not the best put together module. No. <laughs> um, but um, if you are good, I was not good at running, but if you are good, if you have a good <laughs> DM, this is my first time ever with Raven yep. which was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, my- it really was. Yeah, if you have a good DM, then um, then yeah, yeah, it can be very very frightening. Um, yeah. So I I guess I should talk about our uh, Halloween game, which is going to be coming up on November second. Yay! Yeah. Um, what do you have to? Every year, well, 
what am I up to? It's going to be coming a while. So every year um, for God, what is this? Is this Ravenloft 30? Something Ravenloft, like that. Yeah. That? No, no. 30 must be. I know. It, yeah. It can't be. Anyway, so um, it started out when we were in college that a friend of ours was like, let's run a tournament for the entire school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got this idea um, that it was it was would be set in Raven because we our friend is obsessed with Ravenloft. And uh, and uh, everybody would have this. This was, it would be multiple DMs. Everybody would have multiple characters. This is this idea later got discarded. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would just invite it. It would be open to whoever wanted to come. And you would go from DM to DM as your characters got killed off. And our friend pl- played Strahd. He was the final DM. Um, I also tried to Dungeon Master in the first one of those alone. And he wound up coming in and stepping in for me so, he could, so I could get some characters killed off. Um, yeah. Because that was the name yeah, of the game. Yeah, when, when your first experience with gaming is, okay, we're slightly homebrewing this system, and you have to run fast, and you have to slaughter people, like seriously slaughter, okay, go. That may not be the best plan. Yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah. the, the deal was it was our student group, uh, mm-hmm. our, our uh, role-playing SF fantasy group, mm-hmm. so, and I was an officer, so I said, I'll do it. Um, yeah. But at any rate, so the next year we did it again. Uh, that that made it, made it an annual tradition. We didn't have as many people show up the second year, but that was fine. And I had a co DM, and it went really well. And we were really mm-hmm. we got to be really creepy because I did all, mine all about ghosts in a in a mm-hmm. um, museum. Uh, the second year was present, past, future, and, yep. uh, <laughs> and yeah, and I had the present, so I was in, we were in the British Museum. So I got mm-hmm. to do all kinds of ghosts and everything like that. Um, and that's the other thing about about um, D&D. If you, if you want to do a creepy game, you don't necessarily have to do ghost as monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a monster yeah. ghost, but you can just use ghosts for effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. don't know. For that, matter, you- for that matter, you can have the ghosts be the plot and someone mm-hmm. else be the monster. Yep, that's kind of what we did. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so we graduated, well, it split and there was internecine battles in our mm-hmm. group, which, which happens with college students and, um, every, and so we graduated and a lot of us moved out to Seattle where we are now and we kept the tradition going and yep. then our friend who had started it moved out here and he kept the tradition going and mm-hmm. now we're at, uh, we still call it Ravenloft, even though it doesn't always have to mm-hmm. do with Ravenloft. Or Ravenloft, uh, I think it's 29, 28? Ravenloft, a lot, yeah. basically. I think we don't, yeah, I mean, you know, and, we'll keep count, but it's... Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and this, and we, you know, we've done multiple, it's not all D, always D&D. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's D&D based with, you know, more homebrew rules because it's got to be simplified to heck and gone. Sometimes it's other things. Like this year, it is going to be a Star Trek zombie game, apparently. Oh, that sounds so cool. Yep. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So, oh, I'm, so I'm not... I'm, I mean, oh. but we basically, we've done things. Like a few years ago, our friend Jerry took the three modules. Or no, it's, it's one module, but it's in three parts. For Against mm-hmm. the Giants, the famous mm-hmm. first edition module and it was against the the essentially dead giants um mm-hmm. so we yeah. went through the module um we had an amazing year where we did um post-colonial philadelphia um mm-hmm. during the right after no it was during the yellow fever epidemic except of course the yellow fever epidemic wasn't really yellow fever it was vampires and yep. all kinds of stuff we've done all kinds of so that's yeah that's the this is like it's it, it's all and since we all get together and and every now and then we have visitors from out of town come old friends. Mm-hmm. This is like my Christmas because I don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that that's that's kind of what we do. Yeah. That sounds that sounds completely rad. Like that mm-hmm. sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, I I I will say if you can get out here um 
uh, Jerry has said that he's open to plus ones this year. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I wish. We well, that would mean honestly, like it it would be doable, but that would mean having to board Maya and uh yeah. Oh, yeah. and you've the, had, having to do it for the wedding almost killed me. She was fine. Oh, like the vet yeah. sent me the vet sent <laughs> updates okay. and pictures. Liz, um it gets better. Uh-huh. It it never gets easy well actually it's easy for us now because we found the perfect uh, person to house buddy to watch buddy but it gets better you never stop feeling the guilt when you drop them off but it gets better that's that's what the vet told me <laughs> i was i was crying in the vet's mm-hmm. office yep yep rebecca and i were the same way because we wound up having to board him unexpectedly um, shortly mm. after we got him, so it was uh, it was rough. We actually found a really good person to watch, buddy. Now who sends Rebecca updates and pictures daily. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it takes it takes real getting used to. But anyway, yeah, dog <laughs> dog update. Yes. Um. So, so I think D and I think it can be. It's definitely very doable to do spooky, mm-hmm. but still keep that heroic tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, personally, when I think of when I think of Halloween, when I think of a Halloween game, uh, does anyone in the audience want to wager a bet what my go-to game is? <laughs> is, is everyone ready to drink? Uh-huh. It is, yeah. in fact, called Cthulhu. Da-da-da! <laughs> um, so, I was kind of thinking, because I, I am thinking about doing a Call of Cthulhu game mm-hmm. for Halloween. I know, Well, I've got two ideas. One that I know I'm definitely doing, and this is this is kind of a, a, a present to Jess, because uh, she is nuts for Ghostbusters. Okay. Like Ghostbusters is her all-time favorite favorite movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh favorite uh old school computer game. I, I Oh my god, I remember the Ghostbusters yeah. game. We yeah. actually Okay, so apparently I on on archive on on archive.net mm-hmm. or archive.org. Yeah. Mhm. You they've got it. Oh my god. Yeah, I believe it. Like you can play it. Like you can just play it in your browser. So can, can oh, I? It's so I, horrible, but yeah, I played it can, for hours. Yeah. So I, I okay. So uh, the summer that Ghostbusters came out, it was just actually it was just about to come out. Um, I was at my grandparents and we were at a water park, um, and my sister was having a great time, and I didn't like water parks, so I was like, meh. <laughs> and all I can remember about the water park is they had you know the radio station blasting, mm-hmm. and. Um, Along came a commercial for Ghostbusters, which was now in theaters. And um, I just remember, you know, ghost, you know, little clips of Ghostbusters. And at the end, you hear (laughs) Bill Murray saying, we came, we saw, we kicked it. Ghostbusters playing in a theater. (laughs) That's funny to me. (laughs) Radio commercials? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. You young kids never had it so good. Yeah, there's a movie yeah. I definitely saw in the theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna say actually one of the 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 spookiest, most atmospheric games I've been in is a game that we usually refer to as the children's campaign. Oh yeah. Which awesome. was which was what, kind of Ghostbusters? Uh, was what? Let's let Liz finish. I'm oh, sorry about that. About yeah, yeah, busters. yeah. Finish what you were talking about. Yeah, sorry about that. No worries. So, kind of what I've done. So, there's a game I got. Uh, I got it as part of one of the bundles that Drive Through did, mm-hmm. like one of the one of the relief for something bundles, uh-huh. or maybe it was maybe it was one of the free Halloween games. Either way, I got it. I don't know how I got it, but I got it. <laughs> called versus ghost mm. um and it's it's card based hmm. 
Like it's all like it's it's an interesting game, but it's like perfect for doing like wacky Ghostbusters games. So it's like like a party game. Sort of. of. Um, I mean, it's definitely not like a serious RPG. Mm -hmm. Like I would classify it more in the realm of like like paranoia. Mm -hmm. Like you could do campaign with it, but it would be you know this is you're here to play it for laughs and to kind of have Mm -hmm. some fun. Yep. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that. And I also found out recently that there is a, and I'm not sure on the title, I'm going to have to to look that up, but it is, there is a kind of spiritual successor to the old Westin Hmm. Games Ghostbusters RPG. I didn't. Oh, wow. I don't remember there. Wow, I don't remember that at all. So, yeah, so apparently, I did some, I did some digging on this. So, apparently, Ghostbusters was actually before Star Wars. And like two books, maybe three, but a lot of the mechanics that would eventually end up in Star Wars were kind of play tested in Ghostbusters. Hmm. Huh, that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like it's definitely it's also one of the ones I'm I'm looking at picking up. Mm-hmm. But um <clears throat> it's I feel like if you do this kind of I don't know, I guess almost I don't want to say self-referential, mm-hmm. but hmm. but definitely if you go into if you if you kind of set expectations, like we always say, Set expectations, like make sure everybody's on the same page for what the theme of this is. And if you tell players, hey, this is going to be like ghost theme, it's going to be like, but it's going to be like Ghostbusters. Uh huh. And like you could still do a very a perfectly good Halloween game, but, but silly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, and no one has to like, like no one, no one has to go away feeling like. I, I guess, I guess for people that maybe don't like horror, that don't like stuff like that, no one has to feel like they're. You, you don't have to feel like you're letting people down. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like that's kind of my my one of my concerns with doing Halloween stuff. Cause I love mm. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite holiday. Uh, I love the spectacular stuff, but I'm well aware. That certain things set people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for, yeah. like for me, it's it's blood and gore. I don't like it, and it it really just puts me out. I I um I generally don't like it, especially if it's really um if it's ridiculous. I can sometimes be okay with it. Definitely not, not realistic stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see. I'd rather it be important than not you know like like the like uh like psych the psycho cut to the blood in the shower mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you know hitchcock but um yeah he's, we, he was just we could talk about hitchcock but not now <laughs> um you know also i mean but i mean like i love hammer horror films and um they definitely used gore and hammer horror films, but it was not scary. It wasn't mm-hmm. like gore and slasher films. Um, actually, those are fantastic movies to watch if you want good atmospheric, but not hugely scary movies for uh, um, or ideas for um, role playing games. Yeah, like I would the- say the hammer track and the and Frankenstein and the Mummy film. I love Christopher Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Height did a whole book about um, uh, about like the different Hammer horror, the different takes on Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of it. I'm, trying, I'm looking it up right now. Mm. But it's um, for someone who like I love Hammer horror. I'm right there with you. But mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of them, and some of them yes. don't. Oh, so yeah. Like, I mean, some of them are terrible, but they're always amusing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they're always fun. And, yeah. You know, the second no, Doctor that. is Dracula's manservant. I mean, come on. 
Pat Troughton is great in the movie. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one he's in. I don't remember either. Mm-hmm. It's one of the early ones. But I mean, you know, Dracula in 1972 was not the best film, but it was amusing. And I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's amazing. I love that one. Um, are, you, are you talking about the uh, Frank Langella one? No, 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 no. The Hammer no? film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think Fran hasn't seen much. Yeah, um, no, I've seen I've seen a little bit, but not much. They, oh, they're worth your time. They used to do them like they used to show them on Sci-Fi Channel, like in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, Turner Classic Movies, believe it or not, often shows them in how in uh, October. I don't know if they've been this year. Honestly, that channel is one of the only reasons I had cable for the longest time. <laughs> but I don't miss I can it. Understand that. But uh, yeah. no, I just. I just found the name of that book. Thank you. That was good vamping. Um, yeah. uh, the Thrill of Dracula. I'm sorry, what was that? The Thrill of Dracula. Okay. Like Kenneth or, or another. So, kind of. So, we've kind of talked about that. Um, Fran, you were going to say something earlier. Oh, it's okay. Um, we can. <clears throat> Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to run off the topic if you guys are running with this. Well, Fran, Fran was going to go back to the creepy role playing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, go for it, Fran. This is a great. Okay. Yeah. Great yeah. Um. Uh. One of our friends for age basically um decided he's a he's a, a really really good uh, Call of Cthulhu DM. And he decided he had this idea. He said, "I want to run kind of a different sort of uh, horror game. Um, you guys are all going to make up characters, but they're all going to be kids, and you're all um, part of this sort of very wealthy Victorian family, or or tied to it in some fashion. And there's this enormous creepy mansion that your your uncle owns." And uh, you're all going to be there for one reason or another. And basically, while you're while the characters were there, um, things would happen. And some of them were scary as hell, and some of them were just kind of spooky or eerie. And what was neat about it was saying your kids kind of changes the character of what is scary and what's not. And um, uh, I only got to play in a couple of them, but it was tremendously eerie watching like the I I remember that one of the things that happened was these kind of Lovecraftian creatures started dancing in the moonlight outside and beckoning to us. And the kids ended up going out and dancing with them. And it was like, so this is Call of Totoro. Yeah. So, you know. the, the thing was, it wasn't that everything was evil. It mm-hmm. was just, there were weird things going on. Um, I think yeah. I've talked about this game a few times. Um, and mm-hmm. also, not even everything was was about that. I mean, there was, yeah. we found that out, as I recall, because we went uh, after the after dark when everyone was asleep, we decided to raid the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Correctly. Um, Fran, I think you were in a few more of them than I was because this started while it, during my gap year. Uh, okay. But, uh, and I came in as the cousin. You guys were all related. Mm-hmm. You guys were all family, and I was, I was the wack, I was the wacky cousin. Um, mm. <laughs> it wasn't too wacky. Um, I think I was a wacky cousin too, actually. But okay. Um, and that, but yeah, and that, no. That, that that started the the very end of your college, and then after we came out here, it continued mm-hmm. yeah. for a little while. Um, yeah, and so that's that's another way of sort of creating a spook factor is to sort of say, you know, you're playing kids, um, and that that allows you to get more bang from less explosive, if you see it, what I mean. It lets you tap into something. Where the world is strange, and you're still learning what it is, and mm-hmm. so at the one hand, 
things can be really, really scary. On the other hand, you can see weird things and think to yourself, I wonder if this is just the way things are. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very primal kind of feeling. Um, I would yeah. love to do something like that again, honestly, which is why I keep talking, thinking about this game, Little Fears, that I keep thinking about buying. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of has the same idea. Um, and we that was it was a homebrew um, game that was based yeah. on a system that I won't name because uh, if France says it, everybody gets to take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, a very versatile basic system um, that he also used for interesting games that he tied into. We played adults that he tied into the the, the campaign. Mm-hmm. We played our ancestors in a, on a. On a, on a voyage on the high seas. Um, yeah, God, those were fun. Yep. And so, now he's running Sedition D&D. <laughs> so yep. I feel like that's something, this is a good time to kind of, try to think of the right way to say this. So <laughs> I love this idea, mm-hmm. but I know something like that for me would have to be done kind of carefully. Because mm. I don't like mm. the idea of kids in danger. Or maybe mm. it's so much in danger, yeah. but like that would have to be, because we, we always talk about getting buy-in. So kind of an example of that mm-hmm. for me would be I'd, I'd have to talk to the GM and be like, okay, you need to promise me no matter what happens, unless we have talked about it, mm-hmm. kids aren't going to die. Like, yeah. or like nothing gruesome is going to happen to the kids. Yeah, it helped that we were in our early 20s, early to mid-20s, and mm-hmm. none of us had kids yet. That definitely helped. Mm-hmm. And none of us were teachers. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I'm a background in mm-hmm. education, that yeah. that really bothers me to see kids in danger. Like, Yeah, exactly. Why, you mess with my kids, I will rip your nose off. Yeah. Like, I've been through, I've been through enough uh, active shooter drills and one real-life situation where like oh i just don't want to i don't want to go through that again (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like that's why i kind of like something like um monsters and other childish things have any of you heard of this that one i don't know so this is from um arc dream the folks that are are currently doing delta green Mm -hmm. um Hmm. uh, i think they're doing unknown armies Uh, cool. Some other stuff, but anyway, mm-hmm. what this one is is it's just that you are you are kids and you have a monster. Like that monster is your best friend, and you're friends with other kids with monsters. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you are getting like you're you're it. Think of like Stranger Things mashed up with like Godzilla. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's like imagine like the Hawkins kids each having like a different version of a demogorgon that was <laughs> sort of intelligent and uh-huh. like or, like had a different levels of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like like that I don't know. Like I, I feel like you that for me gives more empowerment. Yeah. It, it, it feels less like things or bad things are happening to the kids, more like now they have the power to go and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another, there's kind of a campaign for it uh, that I can't remember, but it's all, it's sort of like somewhere to the campaign you all ran, but it's where mm-hmm. you're all, so the, the kids are all, you're all orphans. And mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's like uh, each of you has something wrong with you. Like maybe, you know, maybe, like something, something, something supernatural. Like maybe one kid mm-hmm. uh, has tentacles. Huh. One kid okay. yeah. could touch someone and know when they're going to die. Um, that does really sound a lot like the Kitty campaign, because like one of the things Matt, one of the things that our friend asked me to pick when I was setting up my character was something weird has happened to your kid. What was it? And yep. basically he my my character had seen a a maid uh die and while everybody was running around trying to revive her um this uh this figure came in walked over to her held out his hand and she got up and walked away with him oh boy so yeah 
I don't remember what mine was, but yeah, it was something mm-hmm. similar. It was kind of the original campaign was kind of like um, take the setup for Lion the Witch in the beginning of the Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, but make it um, weird. Yeah. Okay, and that mm-hmm. that's I swear that's just like this game because it's mm-hmm. uh like you all get adopted by this uh mysterious old man and you get you you're living in this manor and then there's this t- all this town to explore and it mm. it's really really weird and cool. Um mm-hmm. but the system's a little a, a little weird and it kind of t- there's there's a bit of a learning curve with it. So it uses um it uses it so it's D10 dice pool, and you're mm. rolling you're trying to find matches. So, and then so like let's say you roll four D10s and you get um two threes. So now you're looking at length times length by width, so it would be a two by three. Does that make sense? Um, no. Okay, and that's why. But it's it's a fun game. Um, I highly uh-huh. recommend everyone check it out. But it, what's the name of it again? So the base game is called Monsters and Other Childish Things. Okay. Uh, it's like the it's a lot of fun. Um, if any of y'all listen to RPPR, Role Playing Public Radio. Uh, one of their hosts, Ross Payton, uh, has done um, another campaign for it called uh, Road Trip, hmm. where he wrote part of it. It's pretty much a bunch of adventures where a monster, a bunch, some bunch of kids and their monsters and their families go on a road trip to various places hmm. that are terrible. <laughs> but uh, so. I think now, I think, so let's kind of look at, kind of kind of bring it all back together. How do we feel on lightly spooky versus full-on horror, horrifying spooky? Like, kind of, like, if, if you had to pick a game right now, how would you, what would you lean towards? I think probably lightly spooky. Yeah, um, I mean, oh, sorry, it's, go it's, ahead. It's really hard to do. Full on, full on, spooky, and have it work for everyone, and not hit someone's comfort level. Um, like hit beyond someone's comfort level. I think. I mean, what what were you gonna say, Fran? Um, I was gonna say I, I was pretty much gonna agree with you. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I I have done full on horror before, uh, but only with people that I knew very well and, Mm -hmm. you know, tailored towards, tailored towards them. In fact, the most horrifying thing I think I've run was actually, um, I, 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 um, took a character that everybody in my group really, really loved and, um, said, you know, he's disappeared into Ravenloft and nobody has seen him. And nobody knows what's happened to him. And so the party went into Ravenloft to go looking for him and gradually began getting this feeling like something's different here. Strahd's not the one in charge. And it turned out that my character, the one that everybody loved and wanted and came here to save, had become the Lord of Ravenloft. And they were going to have to deal with that. And people were like, oh, God, oh, God, no, because... You know, this was like this, but, but, you know, but, but you're the nice one. <laughs> you, you can't be in charge of the, of the death and everything. And it really freaked people out a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I was not there for this one, but, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, also it had killer sheep. Yes. Tell me more about these killer sheep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the characters were. Uh, a group of the characters were wandering around trying to find their way through Ravenloft, and they 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 haul up um, near this uh, sheep farm, and they're some of them are talking to the farmer, and uh, 
one of the one of them sort of is looking one of the rangers and and the sheep are all clustered in one area and they all seem to be eating from the same whatever it is and it's kind of weird because sheep don't generally do that you know some of them may be lying down they'll be grazing in different patches looking for where the good stuff is and these guys are all clustered around and you keep catching glints of light from over there and so he moves closer and closer and one of the sheep lifts its head up and it's got an arm and chain mail in its mouth and it's chewing down and he's like ah, yeah and runs away from it and there end up being fireballs and it turns out that the sheep farmer is maybe not quite a nice person can i can i tell you what 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 just popped into my mind is it monty mm. python by any chance no it's not okay uh, it's okay. So do you know you have Futurama, the uh, mm-hmm. janitor Scruffy? Yeah. Yep. And just imagine Scruffy as the <laughs> sheep farmer yep. walking by, going, "Sheep mm-hmm. ain't right." Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Gotta get a new batch of sheep again. <laughs> I'm Scruffy, the sheep farmer. Goddamn yep. vampire sheep. Yep. <laughs> um. Scruffy's having mutton for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought of the killer sheep from Monty Python, but um, that was mm-hmm. Oh, do either of you watch um, uh, the Hydraulic Press channel on YouTube? No. Oh, uh, is this the the one where they just take a hydraulic press and try to smush things with it? Is that the one yeah, you're talking about? That's the premise okay. of it. Yeah. I I I have on occasion watched the hydraulic press channel on YouTube. Uh, big fan, big fan of the hydraulic press channel. <laughs> <laughs> Never uh, and God, they they've got two other nerd. channels now, Beyond the Press, where they do even stupider stuff. <laughs> and um. They've got one channel where they they pretty much bought one of those Kronos rings. Do do either of you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Okay, so it's this rig for doing it's a camera rig for doing um, slow mo like bullet time shots. Oh, but, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So pretty much they're just destroying different things in super slow motion. Uh-huh. Like okay. so like today's episode, they did giant Prince Rupert's drops. Oh wow! But um, but okay, anyway, I no, thought that was pretty. It's it's awesome. You should go you should go check it out. But um, the reason I bring it up because at the end of every hydraulic press video, uh, they have a creature that's very dangerous and they must deal with it. Uh, pretty much, it's just uh, a clay sculpture of various things. Okay. Uh, like the last episode, it was a Twitch troll, which is just a little, you know, goblin-like creature. Hmm. Uh, so they squish it with the hydraulic press. We must deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking of these murder sheep. We must <laughs> yeah. deal with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've been in heavy horror games, and I really feel like I I feel like you need to that it's going to be a heavy horror game going in. Yeah. Whereas with a creepy game, you know, you can deal with... I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, my favorite horror games have been the ones that aren't so... Um, that are more like building and building and building of suspense. Like, I talked about the Delta Green game that our friend ran years and years ago where mm-hmm. he, there was the metal sheet in the other room and he just... Yeah. He, yeah. That is my favorite. Was my one of my favorite horror games of all time that, well, that I, I played. And mm-hmm. but I mean, I think it comes down to like what we've always talked about is buy-in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and yep. making sure, particularly with a horror game, if you are setting out to even just be creepy, lightly creepy, make sure you know what your players' veils and what their hard limits are. Yep. Because mm-hmm. um, the last thing you want is for tabletop night to turn into something very bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't don't do anti therapy on your friends. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Never thought of it that way before. Uh-huh. 
But no, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So, uh, moving on to slightly, maybe, maybe, maybe not spooky. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's see what we're shouting out to this week. So, Fran, what are you uh, what are you digging? Oh, what am I digging? Uh, wow. Um. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna go nerd. Um, cause to, it's, it's been, it's been a heck of a week the last two months. Um, and, um, so I would say that the thing that I am nerding on right now, um, I believe it has been mentioned that, uh, that I am a bit of a giant robot nerd. Um, cause you know, oh, yeah, I know cause giant be. robots are trans culture. So yeah. trans culture. Um, and, uh, I, I do not have a PlayStation, which means basically whenever a Gundam game comes out, I find out about it two years later and go, Oh, um, but on Android right now, Bandai Namco has released Gunpla Warfare Gundam Battle, um, which is kind of based on the build fighter Gundam universe um, which is we, freaky in, in, and of, in and of itself. Which is freaky in and of itself, but <laughs> wonderful. And yeah, I, I really, yeah. if you're a Gundam fan, do yourself a favor, watch at least the first se- season of uh, Build Fighter Gundam yeah. because it's because <laughs> it's it's just it's you know it's it's a love note to the entire fandom. And so yeah, there's a there's a mobile game now, and yeah, you know it's it's baloney and it's farming and everything but you're farming gundam parts and uh i find that i am down with that so i'm playing uh, it too oh, oh i didn't my know god. you were playing it oh my god oh my god yeah i just uh i just got all the parts necessary to actually build a full palace athena and um i've built it and it's just kind of standing in the garage and i've got two-thirds of the nt1 alex sitting in another one of my model bays. Um, and then I've got this really weird Xeon-colored um, Franken-mech that I've just built out of the best parts that I that I could uh, get my hands on that I, I, um, I'm driving around in as my, as my daily mech. But uh, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. But if you like pretty giant robots and, uh, and you know, uh, you 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 don't have the money to buy all the kits, or you don't have the spray paint skills to make all of the kits. Yeah, yeah, get you in here and get you some love, cause yeah, uh, yeah. it's just it's 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 dumb fun. It's a time waster, but it's 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 a good way to waste your time. And the name of the game is. Uh, I believe I said it, but um, I think it's Gunpla Battle Gundam Warfare. Yep, and it's on it. Android, and I think it's on iPhone too. I was going to not sure. It is on iPhone, because I oh. yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. Oh, oh, it's me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, um, as usual, I have stupid things. Yeah. No. As usual... <laughs> you did great. <laughs> as usual, I have a few things that I'm thinking about, but um, I will start with something that Fran is not allowed to get on my case about, um, (laughs) which is um, I was finally convinced because someone got me a link to all of it in order. I was finally convinced to give Steven Universe another try. (laughs) Um, Instead of catching, instead of catching random episodes occasionally, Mm -hmm. which is the way I I had seen it. And was like, Oh yeah, this is okay. Um, And, and uh, so I'm I'm about midway through the first season, and I I mean it's fun. I have yet to see why it's so amazing, but that's because apparently the first season is not the big plot things. It's it's you know plot seeds and then all kinds of it's establishment, yeah, wacky hijinks, which is pretty much uh, what I say. And I, the last episode, I I will say one thing about it that's a little annoying, but the last episode. Uh, actually ended with lampshading something that I, I think is a little annoying. 
um, where <laughs> the last line is Stephen saying, I always get what I want. <laughs> uh, so, but, but, you know, I'm, I, I, I promised that I would give it a shot because I said, you know, maybe it's because I didn't see it because I had no interest in the movie. And it's maybe because I didn't see it from the uh-huh. beginning, you know, because it must build um, like Adventure Time. It, it guess, does. It really does. Like the whole, the whole arc of the show is Steve. It's kind of Steven growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, well, again, Adventure Time, the whole, art, a, a lot of the show is Finn growing up. Um, and Adventure Time, it was brilliant. Um, or Star versus the Forces of Evil, which I expected to be this cute show and wound up being a show that I loved dearly. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that, you should, you should, you should see that. Um, and again, watch it from the beginning, watch it straight through because it all builds. Um, so there's that. And then I finished, um, finally read the end of house of x powers of x the jonathan hickman thing um and i'm i remain intrigued i I talked about it a few weeks ago i remain intrigued um i'm still not sure where it's gonna go (laughs) but uh (laughs) it's it's certainly interesting um and then of course my beloved legion is about to make a return to comics and that's been set up Hmm. for the past couple of months it's a it's a it's a it's a new version of the Legion. It's multicultural. It's going to have a Superboy in it, and that makes me happy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, those are the things I've been thinking about and digging this week. Liz. Oh right, me. Sorry, I was looking, <laughs> looking up. I was sorry. So what were you looking? Uh, I was looking up. Um, uh, I was looking up uh, House of X. I haven't, I haven't read the last one yet. Yeah, I finally got the last couple of issues, the last House and the last Powers on Wednesday. So yeah, I need to go to the, I need to go to the comic shop. Yeah, once you do that and 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 read them, I'd be interested in discussing them because it, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> we might, we might have to do a spoiler cast. Well, I, I don't know about doing a, a podcast on it, but I mean, I wouldn't mind discussing it with you, <laughs> you know? Fair. So, uh, I guess I've got two. Okay. Um, the first one is a book that we, I've listened to the audio, I'm listening to the audiobook version. In fact, Jess and I listened to it on our way up and back from North Carolina. Uh, it's a new Star Wars book. Huh. Um, for, I, I, I've really found that I've liked the Star Wars audiobooks lately um, because they're they're really well produced and they've got sound effects and music mm-hmm. and it's like listening to an audio drama mm. um, but it's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire so it is mm. based around the new Disney park okay the, the, the Black Spire outpost mm. at, at Disney right. World and Land right but it's got um, so first of all, the lead character is a woman of color. Nice. Uh, who is Ace? No kidding, canonically. Canonically, Ace. They they talk about awesome. it in the book. Like a guy comes on to her, who's kind of a who who forts with her, who's kind of a friend, and she's like, mm-hmm. "No, you know, I don't. I've never really had like." romantic feelings for people it's just not something mm. i do yeah and it wasn't That's pushed awesome. it, it wasn't it was like like we had to pause the book and look at each other and we're like did star wars <laughs> just say ace rights mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've already star wars has already done uh, at least in the novels has done non-binary characters mm-hmm. uh it's been uh good times good times yeah. all the way around yeah yeah, and there's and there's Af, uh, Dr. Afra in the comics who is definitely a lesbian. Yeah, and has her own comic book for God's sake. Yeah. So anyway, and then the other one, which is something that uh, it's a podcast, uh, and if you're anything like me, you kind of like you kind of from an er- from a very early age, you kind of fell down a hole looking at conspiracy theories and things like that. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, again, not surprising considering I love Delta Green. Mm-hmm. But if you're also like me, you kind of quickly realized, oh, if you scratch the surface, 
a lot of this is just anti-Semitism. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like oh, I want to. I just want to read about reptoids and oh mm-hmm. no, oh oh god no. Uh, so I've stumbled across a podcast called Knowledge Fight, which is huh. two comedians who listen to Alex Jones. Oh god. And oh. then proceed to mock Alex Jones. And and not just mock, but mock so in a very smart way. It's like mm-hmm. like it's it's fascinating. Mm. Um it like they deconstruct Alex's argument, they show it's like, oh, here's where he's getting these erroneous facts. So if you've also got a family member who you know, maybe maybe you just need to shut them up a little bit. Listen to this. Get some ammo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, that sounds awesome. It's, enter- it's very entertaining. If they had a podcast that um, that that killed Prager, you, I would, you know, because I would send that to my dad. It wouldn't do any good, but I would send it to my dad. Oh my god, <laughs> I wish. Have you? I I just every once in a while, like something will like like come through. Uh, one of either Jess or I's Facebook feed, mm-hmm. and we'll just have to stop and show it to the other because if you can't believe this is a real thing, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, hey, did I also tell you? It's kind of not my shout out, but I think it's interesting to tell. Uh, so, I made a mistake today. Uh-huh. Uh, I made the mistake of talking about or of 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 pointing out something was kind of transphobic uh, in uh, a non-trans subreddit today. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I've just, we've been recording. I've been sitting here just scrolling through the hate mail I've been getting. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like, really? What, what, Adamant, first, what did you suggest was transphobic? Um, it wasn't so much transphobic as I just said, this is kind of problematic was, do you remember that we talked a while ago about one of the many cyberpunk 2077 controversies, particularly the woman in the advertisement? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone did a cosplay of that. Oh. Yeah. I can I don't know if that person's trans. I don't think they are. Yeah. Um, and it was a hee hee ha ha check this out kind of cosplay, not a yeah. It was yeah, it was pretty much done for shock value. <laughs> oh. And so I made mm-hmm. I I made I made that mistake. Uh, I I would not call that a mistake. I'm very I'm no. very close to that subject, and I would the, still yeah. The mis- no, the mistake the mistake wasn't calling it tr- problematic. The mistake was calling it problematic on a on a subreddit. True. I would still not call that a mistake. Okay. Well, it's I'm, a mistake. I'm, I'm weird. It's a mistake if you don't want hate mail. Yeah. No, and it was like I'm not I'm not mad that I said something. Yeah. Like I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe there's another trans person who saw this who's really disheartened by it who's scrolling through the comments looking for like I was looking for anyone mm-hmm. to say, hey. This is kind of a problem. And yeah. I couldn't find one, so I became that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's well, pretty you. much that's pretty much my existence and yeah, good good job. It's it's hard as hell, but it can it can be worthwhile. I mean, I every once in a while somebody on freaking Imgur, which is Reddit but f- with pictures. Yeah. Um will will say, huh, I I didn't know that that was how that worked. And I would go, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, uh, pretty much how this is. Or I I had somebody say, well, so what the hell is up with uh, with non-binary people? And I was sort of trying to explain. They're like, there's no way there can be a brain circuit for I don't know what gender I am. And I started going, all right, well, let's use a metaphor. And I threw out a metaphor about, you know, uh, a circuit that shorts or flips back and forth um, because of something going on in the wiring. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, 
I, I hadn't thought about that. And so, and to me, each one of those victories is still a victory. Mm. I'm sorry. When so. you said that, I, I could not help myself but to accept to hear Jerry Seinfeld saying, what is the deal with non-binary people? And I just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're the yeah. second person today to make a Seinfeld reference to me. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, folks, I think on on that positive note, <laughs> I think it's time we wrap up for this episode. Yeah. Uh, so remember, folks, hug your cat, pet your dog, uh, kiss your kiss your girlfriend, or boyfriend, or uh, or they friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just be happy, enjoy yourself, uh, and let's plug our pluggables. So, Fran, where can folks find you and buy your book?